here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Awesome! Let's give God a hand! What a celebration of uh, lives changed. What a celebration of doing life together. Celebration of family. And uh, yeah, awesome to see um, just what's happening around the world, literally. I mean, from Kosovo to Albania. Um, some of the Albanians there are from Australia. Uh, Vitas is from Lithuania. Uh, so it's really an international ministry. And uh, we get to be a part of it. And uh, really celebrating um, just the lives changed and the eternities impacted and changed. And uh, on Tuesday in our uh, team meeting, um, Sumi uh, shared a bit about in more detail uh, what she uh, shared now. And um, like on, over the weekend, she was able to share Christ with a, a Muslim lady in Morocco uh, from South Africa. And I was just thinking how awesome it is that an ex-Hindu is now sharing Jesus with Muslims in Morocco. Amen. <laughs> so uh, that just shows you uh, when God changes a life, he does a, a good job of it, doesn't he? And I'm sure that there's many, many, many more testimonies uh, that we could be taking and sharing. Uh, and uh, just for time's sake, we obviously have to limit it. But just wanted to remind you that we are a family on a mission. Our mission is not to be family, but this family is on a mission. And if you join the mission, you become part of the family. And that's really uh, the awesome privilege that we have. And that's why we say, let's celebrate, let's have a meal together. And let's just enjoy God's goodness uh, this morning. And um, yeah, also with that, I trust that you can see that you are part of something much bigger. Uh, there's much more happening. And uh, there's so many things that God is doing around the world and through this ministry. And uh, really just giving Him uh, the honor for that. And there's one calling. Uh, there's one body and there's one church. And it's really all about what Jesus has come to do, what He's come to accomplish. And we share in His calling of getting the world back to Him. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. And uh, really like the, the theme of this morning is together. Psalm. Uh, we, like Chart and I, we're, we're deliberating what is the Afrikaans word for together. And uh, it goes both ways because of a psalm and, 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 and psalmacoms and psalm saying, like, is this psalm? <laughs> it's together. We're on this together. And, uh, and you are all part of it. And that's also why we said let's do a combined service because even though we have two services, it's still one church. And you are part of something much bigger. And then there's a lot of purpose to what we do. Um, we don't come together to be entertained. Like um, that, you can watch Gladiator to be entertained. But um, we come together because we have a purpose and we have a calling. And it's so awesome to be part of that. I want to give um, two people just a quick opportunity. Arnold and Christu. Uh, an opportunity to just share uh, two testimonies with you. And then uh, I'll just give a short word uh, before we end the service. So, Arnold, if you can come up, please. It's not on your middle. Hi, Roland. Yeah. I just want to thank God for music and thank Grace Life for having the worship team. Two years ago, even before lockdown, the road was moved from under me and I really needed something. And God knew exactly what I needed. Natasha asked me to play piano. Oh, 
on Sunday, but she messaged me on Friday. And I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it requires exercise and practice. You can't just rush it and blah, blah. And the Holy Spirit was just like, delete the message, just say yes, let's do it. <laughs> so I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that I could be up here and, you know, not entertain, but so. Amen. It's good. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, so my name is Kirsten. Um, so um, we, I, we came to the church uh, through Greg. Um, didn't know selling or putting in tennis record strings or bring me to Christ's life. So, yeah. And uh, um, me and my wife, we got married last year and we were looking for a church. And Glenn um, invited me, we came to an evening service, and then I told my wife, you know what, let's go to a Sunday morning service, because I would like to see how people receive me. It's good to come to an evening service and hear the word, and the word was absolutely amazing. It was so profound as well, and every time I hear the word or we hear the word, it's like my heart really leaps because there is something that's happening inside of me. And um, what's awesome for me is that I can even see the growth within my wife as well. And, and especially I, I told the, the Lord that if she's happy, I'll stay. But if she's not happy, obviously we need to find something else as well. And so um, obviously she's happy and she met a lot of amazing people like Sumi. When Sumi saw her, it's like Sumi was laser focused on her. I need to take this lady in as well. So that was so awesome. And, um, we came in the Sunday morning and we were received so amazingly and uh, people were just, uh, arms were just open to us as well and for me, I told my wife, yo, this is like weird and all the kind of stuff, people are receiving us so nicely and, and then obviously after that as well, people started engaging with us as well. So when we came to the end, we, we drove in the car, we drove home and my wife was like, I like this church, we should come again, I'm like, okay. This is where we are going to be and obviously um, I met Peter as well and it's not every day that you know your pastor on a first name basis and it's where I come from it's always you need to say pastor but you, need to, you cannot say Peter and it's uh, disrespectful but um, uh, thank you for receiving us and thank you for being such amazing people and thank you for the word and, and yeah we are growing and we just want to continue to grow much more with you guys as well. So thank you so much. Amen. I must say that I must say that's been a, a testimony. There you go. Um, like the way we welcome people has always proven to be uh, something different. And I think we have. Uh, I mean, you can get you can train people on how to welcome people. You can train them, um, but you can't train them to love. You need to receive the love of Christ in order to, to give that. And 1 John 4, uh, just a verse this week that in the ERV it says, basically it says, and I'm paraphrasing, that us loving God is fake love. But God loving us is real love. So you cannot even give, you, you can't even love God, really. But you can just receive His love and then when, the more you receive His love, the more you have to give. Um, and that's just so awesome. And to see that we are part of something, we're part of something bigger and uh, really just reaching out into many different areas. Um, it's just amazing. And I'm always open to new opportunities uh, where God is leading, where He's opening doors, where He's in, uh, connecting us to people of peace. Um, uh, people of peace. Have you ever played Minesweeper? 
Who's ever played Minesweeper? That's if you are really bored at work when you still had games on your laptop. Um, like you click on these blocks and then it opens up corners, but you can also click on a block and then it's a bomb. Okay, and then it's game over. But the nice thing is you don't have lives, so you just you continue. <laughs> but people of peace are really when you click on that person, you connect to that person, they open up a whole new area. It's like the woman at the well, where she was the one Jesus connected to one person. In the middle of the day, in the in the in the desert heat, and she opened up a whole village to Christ. So don't. Don't um, neglect the day of small beginnings. Don't neglect the one. Jesus went after the one. His disciples didn't know what he was about, but he knew exactly what he was about. And I think that's so awesome for us to, to, to go after the one, to pursue that one. So I want to just share a few verses quickly. Ephesians 4 and verse 1 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation or the calling wherewith you are called with all loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now, what I've realized is we have long-suffering. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But why we have that, if I stand there, will it be better? Should I try? Let's try. <laughs> if it still works. Now you all have to change where you're looking. Can you hear me now better? Is that all right? Okay, we have a bit of a feedback loop there. But, um, so... We have the fruit of the Spirit, and part of it is long-suffering. But what I've realized is the long-suffering is because of people. Okay, it's not just because of, um, like, a drought or this or that. There's long-suffering because of people. You need to endure, and you need to endure some people. Persecution also comes through people. And if we want to be one, if we want to be one in Christ, one family, then we're going to have to endure. We're going to have to persevere, and we're going to sometimes have to suffer. But we're going to suffer together. We're going to suffer maybe because of each other. So really the theme to get today is togetherness. It's psalm. It's, uh, it's, it's community. It's fellowship. It's all these things. So what are, we, what are we willing to endure to protect our oneness? What are we willing to endure to protect our unity? What are we willing to maybe give up to be right rather to be one? To be in unity, to be in fellowship. If you look around the room, if you look at the video, I mean, there's really no reason we should be meeting together. In the natural, there's no reason. But in the, in, in the supernatural, in the spiritual, there's all the reason because Christ is what brings us together. The message, the mission, the unity. We are one body, one church, one God, one baptism, one faith, one spirit, one family. And that's what makes it so beautiful. And this week I was ministering in four ways and it was so awesome. I said the same thing exactly there. I was like, there's no reason we should all be together. If you look around the room, it's different ages, it's different backgrounds, it's different people, different places, different areas. But in Christ, we have all the reason to be together. And that's really nothing else that unites us than Christ. But then what are we willing to, to sort of give up to make that more? To, to, to rather say, hey, I'd rather be in unity than be right. You know what that takes? That takes humility. That takes meekness. That takes, hey, it's not about me, it's about Christ. So I'd rather protect the unity than just be right. So we're looking at how can we increase in unity. Now, you want to write this one down because you're going to have to chew on it. But it is a statement I heard of late that really, like someone said, harde pille. It's harde pille, this one. Eh? It says, when you became a Christian... You gave up the right to be offended. Harder pillar, no? 
<laughs> when you became a Christian, you gave up the right to be offended. How can I say that? Because Galatians 2 says, I no longer live because I'm crucified with Christ. I unify, I, I identify with His sacrifice, with His crucifixion, but because I, but I'm, I'm dead, so I can't be offended. But I still live. Yes, not I, but Christ now lives in me. And now He lives through me. And do you think Jesus got offended? He had many reasons to be offended. But He never got offended. He just took it on the chin and moved on. Many times, and I'm going through the Gospel of John currently, He just, like the whole meeting wants to stone Him. And He doesn't fight back. He just sort of disappears. <laughs> it's as if He vanishes. He's not even picking a fight. He just says, hey, it's not my time yet. But what are we willing to endure? The Passion says, Ephesians 4 verse 2, With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Huh? Amen. What a verse. We've put that on their fridge. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It's Mr. Graceman, Paul, who wrote this. He says, especially towards those who may try your patience. Now, that is really maturity. And I, I like what Maki said in the video. She said, this year I learned how to be a grown-up Christian. And like, oh, are, are we willing to grow up? Are we willing to stand up? Are we willing to endure? Verse 3, be faithful to God, the sweet harmony. Sweet harmony. I mean, that is what we're trying to, to even cultivate today. There's a sweet harmony amongst the believers. But we must be careful to guard that harmony. It says, Guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. We actually all have the same calling. So, unfortunately for you, you can't hide where you are. We have the same calling, and it's the same calling as Christ has, and that's to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Disciples who make disciples. And that's really how we change the world. Uh, the New Living Translation says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Now, I'm challenging you a bit this morning, like, what is the effort that you're putting into unity? Because it's much easier to just say, hey, I don't agree, or hey, this is not for me, or hey, I, like, I'm offended. That's easy. But maturity is, I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to sort it out. To be united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body, one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this glorious hope. The future is hopeful. The future is glorious. Like, I mean... At one stage, we were like, oh, we're still going to have a church after COVID. I don't know if you probably didn't think that, but I did. I'll be honest. <laughs> no services. No, like, we, we were checking in with people constantly. We had to change our format. When the coffee shops opened, we went to the coffee shops. When the services opened, we came and did services. When we were limited at 50, we started a second service. We started an Afrikaans congregation, basically. And the other day I was like, oh, um, we probably need to celebrate one year. So I must just check when it's going to be one year. And then I looked through my emails and stuff and was like, oh, it's already 14 months. <laughs> We've already been going 14 months with the Afrikaans service. We're growing. We're increasing. We're expanding. Maybe not in the way that you expected, but in unity for sure. Verse 5 says, for the Lord God is one. 
And so are we, for we share one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. How beautiful is that? He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. That already is unity. Therefore, Paul can say in the end of Galatians 3 or 4, he says, There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. For we are all one in Christ. Wherein is our unity in our oneness? Now let's go to James 3 quickly. <coughs> James 3 verse 13. We're looking at oneness. And James is a book of wisdom actually. And it says in James 3.13, New Living Translation, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works from the humility that comes from wisdom. That's a loaded statement if you ever had one. Prove your wisdom by living in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now what is humility? Humility is giving up the fact that you always have to be right. Humility is giving up the fact that you need to be in front, maybe. And I love my friend John Pierre, who's next door now, serving the kids. And he sent me a message the other day, and he said, Hey, now we both have a pulpit on Sundays. That is humility. That is willing to serve where no one can see. But you know about kids' church is bursting at the seams. We're constantly recruiting kids' church workers just because we're like 14, 15, 16 kids on a Sunday now. So if you, if you want to work with the kids, come speak to me. We're recruiting. But it is when someone is willing to be humble, say, hey, I'll serve the least of these. Then the whole body increases and the whole body grows and Christ gets the glory. And that's really what we're about. There's a place for everyone. Verse 14 says, But if you are bitterly jealous... And there is selfish ambition in your heart. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And that's really, as a leadership and as a church, what we should guard against. And that's the word this morning. We're all one for unity. We're one for... For, for, for togetherness. Obviously, we're one in Christ. But there's some steps that we need to take. There's some things that we need to guard against to protect this unity. Verse 17 from the Passion says, But the wisdom from above. So don't worry about the earthly, sensual, demonic thing so much. Let's focus on the wisdom from above. Obviously, that comes from God. It's always pure. It's filled with peace. It's considerate and teachable. Hey, I don't agree with you, but that's okay. We can still be family. I don't know about you, but there's many things that us as a, even a biological family, we don't all agree on. Maybe you have a perfect family and you agree about everything. Come and tell me how that works. <laughs> I want some of that. Okay, I take it by the laughs that you're already excited about Christmas and the holidays coming. Usually this time we preach about family because we know it's, uh, it's a sensitive time. But guess what? Even if you disagree, you're still family. You can't change that. But in our modern day, we're so spoiled, and I'm going to use the word literally for choice, that when I don't agree, then I leave. I don't agree with you, so I will find someone that agrees with me. 
or be political correct or, or but we have unity in that we're willing to not agree on everything but we have to agree on the essentials obviously we need to agree that jesus was sent by, by god amen we need to agree that it's by faith that we get into the kingdom we need to agree that Jesus is the one who gives us eternal life. We need to agree that the Holy Spirit was poured out. We need to agree that the Bible is the Word of God. But there's some petty things, petty things, that if we don't agree on that, like, we can still be family. I mean, Ben and I, don't, we, don't, we don't support the same team, but we just had a meal together. Amen? Same rugby team. <laughs> I told him those blue and white was specifically picked out. Um, for, uh, it's just not hoops for Vipia, but, like, we'll be okay. And I'm preaching to you now. Huh? <laughs> I mean, after, the, after last night's rugby, I was like, there's a few jokes I can make now with the Afrikaans and the English service being joined together. So uh, at least there's more unity in the church uh, in that sense. But are you willing to, to put unity above yourself? Above your opinion? And you know what? We're always going to go back to the Word. We're always going to find it, but let's go find it together. Hey, I don't see it as you see it, but can we meet up? Can we chat about this? Can we, how do you see this, Peter? Where do you come about? In your life group, the same. Like, participate, because then together, we are stronger. Proverbs 17, 27, 17 says, one man sharpens another. Okay? So you can't be sharp by yourself. But have you ever sharpened a knife? Have you sharpened an axe? Have you sharpened a saw? It takes some, some work. But if you're willing to be sharpened, then this is a good place for you. Welcome. Because the Amplified says, so one man sharpens another through discussion. And that's really what we're cultivating as a church. It's not just to have a preacher up front and you need to sit and shut up and listen, but to cultivate more of a Hebrew culture where we sit around the table and we discuss things, and we, 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 we eat together, we drink together, we feast together, we Bible study together, we, we bring things together, because together then we're stronger. But then also, I can't be offended at everything. Verse 20 says, And I ask not only for these disciples... Oh, sorry, that's a whole different verse. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above is always pure, it's filled with peace, it's considerate, and it's teachable. If you want to gauge yourself this morning, where are you in terms of unity? Are you considerate and are you teachable? I mean, there's many times this year where I said, hey, guys, we used to teach it like this, but now this is how we see it. So if I wasn't teachable, then we wouldn't grow. But are you teachable? Are you willing to grow? Are we looking for more? Are we looking for more truth, more purity of the word? Are we trying to understand the Bible better? Are we looking at the call and the purpose of God more accurately? And we've come together and we study it out and we realize, wait, it's about disciples making disciples. Church is about family, not entertainment. I'm going to say it again. Our mission is not to be a family. Our mission is that we're a, a family on, <clears throat> on mission. So let's join in the mission. Let's have more testimonies. Let's have allocate testimony time in our services. Let's share together. Hey, I shared with this person who made me coffee. Hey, I'm going back to this coffee shop. It's not the best coffee, but I've connected with that barista. I'm going to go to, to speak to this cashier. I know when they're on duty. So I'm willing to get out of my schedule just to reach one. 
Let's be a family on a mission. And then we come together to be filled up, to be equipped, to be trained, but to celebrate. And I'm willing to celebrate the one. The one that comes to Christ. You know why? Because heaven is celebrating the one. Every time one person comes to Christ, heaven celebrates. So you know what makes it awesome? We, as individuals, we as the church, we as believers, we have the opportunity... We have the potential within us to cause parties in heaven. Think about that. You have the potential within you. If you have the gospel, if you're a carrier of the word, you have the potential to change heaven's schedule. Because when one person comes to Christ, heaven stops and they celebrate. Now that's not why we do it. We don't do it to honor ourselves. We do it because people need to receive Christ. Because people have eternity beating in their hearts, looking for God, looking for God, looking for God, and maybe they don't find Him, but we have Him, we carry Him, so let's share Him with the world out there. Let's share Him with everyone we encounter. And I'm concluding now with John 17. And John 17 is all about unity, and also the songs we sang this morning beautifully fit this picture. So John 17, 20 from the Passion says, And I ask not only for these disciples but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. Jesus prays just before he goes to die. And he doesn't pray for himself. He does a little bit. But he moves on. And he prays and he prays for me and for you. He prays for those who will one day believe what the disciples are now going to witness and what they are going to share. And listen what he prays. He prays that... Um, but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together. Jesus has a few hours left on earth. I don't know about you, but Jesus wasn't a time waster. So he's going to make the most of this time. And what does he do? He says, I pray for those who will believe, but I pray for unity. I pray for oneness, that they will be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us. The Aramaic there could also be translated in us. I pray that they would become one in us. You know, when we are in Christ, we are one, whether you like it or not. So what I'm challenging us this morning is to live more out the oneness which we already are which we already have. Because 1 Corinthians 1.16 says, those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with Him. So if you are joined to the Lord and I'm joined to the Lord, we're one spirit. So let's live like it. Let's put aside the things that we disagree about. Let's live according to that spirit, according to that purpose. Let's live family. So that the world will recognize that you sent me. Have you realized the world can't agree on much? The political systems, it's, it's really futile, if, you, if you're honest. Even democracy. <laughs> it's futile. But there's unity in the Spirit. And it says here, Jesus prays, He says, If people see the unity in the church, they will believe in Christ. That's what I get from verse 20, 21. When there's unity, the world will believe that you sent me. That's deep. So our witnessing is also in our oneness. 
For the very glory you've given me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. We, you and I, can experience the same unity that God and Jesus has. Think about that. Maybe you don't want to be that close to us. <laughs> this is the potential. Verse 23. You live fully in me now, and I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Maybe you've never heard this this morning, and this is why you came. Not to watch a video, not to hear about oneness, but to hear that God loves you exactly the same as what He loves His Son, Jesus Christ. That's mind-blowing. But I haven't laid my life down, Peter. I, I've sinned. I'm, I've fallen short of the glory. I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I haven't given enough. I haven't prayed enough. I haven't read enough. It's not about that. Jesus is enough. He is enough. The One. And we get to partake with Him. We get to sep uh, separate ourselves from the world and join ourselves into that unity. And then guess what? We join into the very unity that Christ and His Father has. And how do we do that? Through the Spirit. The word there in the Aramaic could be translated to shrink into one. Brings it back to meekness. Are you willing to shrink in your identity, in your opinion, in your view? Are you willing to be meek, to be teachable, to be humble? Are you willing to shrink into what God has? Because the moment you do, you open up a whole new area of existence. Because as you shrink into Christ, as you humble yourself, what does God do? He gives grace. God gives grace to the humble. He lifts up. He, he almost puffs up. He says, hey, this is my son. This is my daughter. This is my child. This is my church. This is my family. But look at their unity. Look at their oneness. Look at their passion. Look at their message. Look at how they welcome people. Look at how they love. Not with their love. No, no, no. That's not real love. But they love with the love which they've received of me. You know, Jesus says, this is my new commandment. And we here love each other. And that's not the commandment. Because the commandment is, as I have loved you. That's the commandment. Receive my love. And only then will you be able to love one another. The commandment is not to love each other. The commandment is as is, as I have loved you. So be loved by God. And it will overflow into loving one another. Because you know what? Sometimes we need to love some unlovable people. But it's not our love. It's His love in us. For this is love. Not that we love God, but He loved us first. Therein is oneness. Therein is unity. Therein is family. Therein is church. That is our mission. That is our identity. And that is what we're about. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Because there's one body, there's one Spirit, there's one calling, and there's one hope. And we are all together in this.
The church is not just for your growth, it's for our growth. It is for the kingdom's sake that we meet together. Because when we come together, we celebrate. The angels celebrate. Heaven sings when we meet together. And then we go out and we change the world from just this place. We need to receive, we need to receive, we need to receive. But we need to receive with the aim of maturing. We need to receive with the aim of growing up. We need to receive because I want to have something to give. I don't want to receive and just be a spiritual fat cat. I'm going to receive because I want to share. I want to, I want to share with that person at work. I want to share with this person in class. I, like, I don't know the answers, but help me to get more answers. That's what School of the Believer was all about. So the next time we advertise something like that, if you want to be equipped, those are great equipping opportunities. We want to mature to be able to give, to participate, to love, to be a blessing, and to be church. The church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what a beautiful morning to celebrate exactly that. To celebrate Jesus, to celebrate oneness, to celebrate all that is done. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.